date to your potential, inspiring, educating, and empowering single members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our hosts are Peggy Matheson, betrayal trauma recovery expert, and Sharon Collier, certified life and relationship coach. All right, let's do this. Welcome to episode 15, Woman Up and Know Your Value. I am really grateful to be sitting next to my friend, Yay. Becky Sampson. You go by <laughs> Becky Sampson or Peter? I do. No, Becky uh, Sampson. Becky Sampson. Now, Becky and I have known each other since 2010. She remembered the date <laughs> and we met, um, or the year, and we met at a networking event. And she's an amazing life coach, amazing friend. She currently lives in Hawaii, which is I why know. I'm super excited to be sitting next to you here in Utah today. Oh. Um, and she just graduated from BYU Hawaii in peace building psychology and HR. Mm, She's done. That's hard. I'm telling you, that's hard stuff. Yeah, you you have been doing some really hard work. She's done a lot of podcasts, radio shows, and she's currently writing a book called Divorcing Strong, How to Come Out of a Divorce Better, Not Bitter. Sounds mm, awesome, doesn't yes. it? So before we get started, though, with Becky, I have to follow up from last week really quick. So if you remember, last week was Nick's the Man Code with my friend Steve Riggs. And um, we it was such an amazing episode. And if you have not listened to it, I would recommend you go back and listen to it. But afterwards, Steve and I... Um, did, we did a little bit of coaching. He he was struggling with something, and he sent me a text after we were done, and I wanted to share that with you. He said this, After my drive, drive back south, I had the thought, I don't know how you live with yourself. Mm. You are so awesome. <laughs> how can you stand all of that light and pure awesomeness that radiates from you? just wanted to say thank you for all you sh- that you shared. We recorded a podcast together, but my head is swirling with ideas of new mm-hmm. things to work on. I can't wait to get home tonight and do what we talked about. A simple thank you doesn't, doesn't seem to come close to how grateful I am for the new homework. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to share that. I was just, um, it made me feel so happy. I love, love, love making a difference in people's lives and giving them things that actually work, which I know you are Mm -hmm. about that too, Becky. I know you've had a long journey to where you are right now. So I want you to share um, share with us. So we came up with this woman up and know your value. And this is your life. This is how you have found this is from living your own life. Tell us the, the, when you came from, we, we talked about your first divorce and what was going on. And that was happening when we, when we first met. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had just come out of my first divorce. I thought my life was over. Okay. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people feel that way, but that they, they, I was reinventing my life, but let me kind of back up a little bit from that is, is that, um, I, I have battled and struggled since I was very young, I think the earliest that I was aware of it was probably seven or eight years old was when I struggled with low self-esteem. I kind of came out of the womb like, woohoo, yeah, life. You know, I mean, anyone that knows me, I'm full of energy and I'm, I'm full of just, I'm just a vivacious person and I can't make excuses of it. But, um, and I, I, I think I just was a lot for my family to handle, right? And so at a young age, they were just kind of like, Becky, calm down. And like, we don't want to hear about you. Like, stay your own self. And that really uh, 
not good or bad. It just was. It just caused me to go into shame to, to who I am and the the energy that I had. And so at a very young age, I turned my personal drug of choice was food. And I went into hiding and I went into shame and I went into um, a lot of, uh, I didn't realize it at the time was a binge disorder. Um, and you know, I had a caring mother that was was noticing that I was gaining weight at a young age and was very kind of over me and going, you shouldn't eat this and you shouldn't eat that. And that just, you know, that just made me go even worse, right, into hiding. And so I remember very young hiding things in my in my bedroom, under my bed, you know, in my drawers, outside, in mm. plastic bags. Wow. I would go to stores and steal money from my parents and then I would go get back when it was only 25 cents for those candy bar things. Oh. <laughs> and then I buy $20 worth of 25 cent candy bars. You can imagine. Oh my goodness. I know. And I, I think I was probably around 10, maybe when that happened, 10 or 11. And I came home and stored them outside because I couldn't dare, you know, chance my parents finding them. But I would go in. I said, I said to my mom, like several years ago, I'm like, didn't you, didn't you care that I was going in and out of the house? Like what did, anyway, long story short, I battled with my weight my entire life. I was suicidal by the time I was 15. I don't know if you knew that, but I didn't know that. Yeah. By the time I was 15, I had run away from home and I, I'd had enough. I felt like I was in the wrong family. I felt like I was invisible. I felt like Mm. I didn't have a voice and, um, I felt very misunderstood. You know, I had a dad that was very supportive, but my dad would always tell me that, you know, Becky, I'm the only one that understands you. And although I think he was wanting to help me, but it set me up to think that the world was against me. Right. Kind of right? Like you're a victim. Yeah. And there's only one person in the world that understands yeah, you. Yeah, my dad, of right. all people. And my dad was struggling with a, he was bipolar and... I now understand because all the work that I've done, I understand that he, you know, I was, I was feeding him and his, and and his need to you were to be a needed, yeah. For him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was his little pet, and I was like, I was like, Dad, you're amazing and you're a hero. And we grew up at a summer camp, which you've been down to, yes, I have. <laughs> in Southern Utah. And uh, I grew up at a camp, and I was my dad's like little best buddy, and we went everywhere together. And then um, I went and served a mission. I barely graduated from high school. I served a mission, um, came back from my mission a week before my mission ended. I don't know if you know this either, but my father passed away. I think you actually did because we talked about it. Um, And he passed away in a car accident a week before I returned from my mission. And my life was devastated. I was just, I struggled and struggled. And again, it was, it was one of those things that I turned to food. You know, every time I struggled, it was like, I need my food in isolation. Like put me to my room. I want to get away from everybody in the world. And um, you just want to be kind yeah. of cozied in and eating your food. Yeah. And because it was the one up. thing that brought me comfort. Yeah, comfort. And it was the one thing that changed my state, right? I mean, it was like I felt so much anxiety and, and food was one thing that would change that, would make it all better. Mm. And it never talked back to me. And so, you know, <laughs> I'm like, hallelujah, you know, I did a lot of stealing to get it. And I did a lot of conniving and manipulation and everything. But also what, what it hit me is, um, you know, I also had very dysfunctional relationships with men. And I was rejected a lot by men because, you know, 
let's let's just you talked about it before. Let's just real, you know. Let's get weight real. is weight is a real thing. And I had a lot of men that would say, Becky, you're really fun to talk to and you're really exciting and you're you know, um I feel like we've got a great connection, but I'm just not attracted to you. And really that was like, I don't want to be with you because of the weight. Because you're fat. Yeah, because I'm fat. Right. And so what was the message that I got? And it was, I mean, I, I went from dysfunctional relationship to the next dysfunctional relationship. And I was just was, I was just looking to be accepted for who I was, just like a little girl. I was being, I want to be accepted. I, this is who I am. I'm gregarious. Yeah. I'm like, I'm yeah. exciting and I'm out and there. And you were and, still stuck in that little girl that needed to know she was loved. I was loved and I was okay. And it's not that I didn't get love. My mom said, Becky, we told you you're beautiful. We no, told you No, but that little girl, yeah. something was missing there, yeah. which is why it was still showing up. Yeah, and it, and we do. We manifest exactly the people we need in our life to, to teach heal. us exactly what we need to learn if we choose to learn them, and then we can move on to better and healthier relationships. Yes, and it's, it's an invitation. I call it an invitation. Yes. Relationships bring invitations to us, and if we will look inward and look in the mirror, we can start to really yeah. take care of that unfinished business and move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Because and and I believe that every single relationship and every event, so to speak, that I've had or people that have come into my life that have challenged me on those things, are my teachers. They are my teachers. Yes. yes. And I I. I, I can't say I welcome them, welcome them, <laughs> but that helps me get to a place of peace and right to be better, not bitter, because of everything that's happened. And so, at 29 years old, I had gone through a lot of ups and downs. I had been engaged before I had had my heartbreak, and at 29 years old, I met a guy, um, my first husband, who immediately just latched onto me and just was thought that I was the best thing that ever. I mean, and here I was overweight. I was a, I was a real estate agent, and he was interested in doing real estate. And I was thinking, well, I can't like totally dump on me. He wants to do real estate. You know what I mean? So Becky, give me an idea of how much overweight you were. I was at that time when I met my first husband, I was about 230 pounds. And how so, tall are you? Five seven. Five seven. So yeah, that was, you know, I was I was good size, you know. You had a hundred pounds to lose yeah. or more. Yeah. Right? And so um, but he didn't he he seemed to not care. I mean, he was like one of the first guys that didn't care. And he chased me and chased me and chased me. And although he was a good friend of mine, I did not like him in that way. I, there was some things that I just did not care for. But long story short, I went to an education week. I, you don't know this story, but I went to education week a year after I met him, a year, more than a year. And something was something triggered me to go, you know what, Becky, this, you're making this about you. You know, he's a good guy. He likes you, you know. And I was like, I just wasn't used to men chasing me. So I, at that day, I went home and and he had proposed to me several times before that, you know. And I was like, oh, freak! And um, <laughs> just go away, go away, go away. And I used to call him the furniture boy because he oh. worked at a furniture store, oh, and none oh, of my friends oh. even knew his name. Like nobody oh. even knew his real name. <laughs> And um, so, and by the way, we did a podcast after we got divorced. So I ended up, we ended up getting married. It was abusive from the very get-go. I was abusive to him. He was abusive to me. Oh, it went both ways. Oh, both ways. Both ways. And I talk very, very openly to the fact that I, within the first year of our marriage, we had three miscarriages. Um, oh, man. Yep. Within the first year of marriage. And I gained another 40 pounds. So I, I got up to 266 pounds. So, I mean, danger, danger, danger. You know what I mean? Yeah. Caution. <laughs> and so um, there was a lot of emotional, verbal, and physical abuse that happened 
in our marriage. Going so both ways? Both ways. I, not Me not physically back to him, but very emotional and very verbal. Mm. And I talk openly about that because I want men to know that there are women that can take responsibility for that. Good. I also want women to know that the way that we speak to these men is not okay. If we're disrespectful. It's, it's if not you're okay disrespectful. because of your own wounding to be right. mean to men. Absolutely. I now look them. back that that was my pain. That was me being upset that I settled for somebody that I did not love in the way that he deserved to be loved. Wow. Because I said that we did a, he found out after we got divorced, we were married for seven and a half years. And he found out that I was getting into radio. Uh, I think three years after we got divorced, it was 2013. Yeah, 2013. And uh, he reached out to me and said, hey, I'd be willing to do a radio show with you. And I was like, what? Like, you're not going on live radio with me. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. like, because I was doing live radio at the time. And, uh, but the lady, do you know Angel Shannon? Yeah. I do. So she agreed to do a show with us. And so I have an audio, a 90 minute audio of us doing a show three years after we got divorced. And we talked very openly about what he did, what I did, what we created. And we cried together. And wow. we embraced together and we healed together on that show. And wow. I, I actually, I did a workshop the other day and I was telling people the story about that. They're like, we want a recording, you know? So I'm like, yeah. I need to make that public. It's on my website, but it's in it. So anyway, if you want a copy of it, I can send it to you. Um, but it's so amazing to see how we both took responsibility for what happened and came back and that restitution, which I really truly believe in restitution. And one of the things that Angel asked me in that was, she goes, Becky, did you ever think that you guys would be sitting in the same room three years afterwards having this conversation and crying together? And I said to her, I said, I did. I held that in my heart and in my soul. And Mm -hmm. my interactions with him were very deliberate and very intentional that I was going to kill him with kindness, but not attached to whether he would come around. Right. You you lived according to your yes. values and how you wanted it to yes. go. It wasn't about his reaction right. to that. You were acting instead of yes. reacting, which is fabulous. And he responded. And he responded. Which is super great. He responded. And still to this day, him and I can have a conversation. Um, and so I do believe in restitution. I realize that that's not always going to be an option for people. Yeah, sure. But it is possible. Mm-hmm. It is possible. So how did you work through your addiction? Let's go back to that. Yeah. So about about five years, five, five and a half, I'd say six years into our marriage, uh, I get introduced to 12-step. So I was 266 pounds. And so all of my anger, resentment, when we would have fights in our marriage, he's like, Becky, but you do this to me and you do. And I was like, I'm not going to admit that until I got into recovery and started realizing that what my part in this dysfunctional relationship was. And I also did a lot of training. I did a lot of self-development. I did a lot of writing. And some people don't know what 12-step work is, but all it is is that it's just a vehicle to using and utilizing the atonement. That's all it is. It's like, first of all, my life is out of control right now. So number step one is I believe that there is a God. You know, I first of all, I'm powerless, number one. Second step is there's a God that can return me back to sanity. Number three is I'm willing to give my will to God to make me whole again. Number four is I got to make an inventory of all this crap that I've done, that, I've, that I need to take responsibility for my side of the road. 
And at that point, I wasn't willing until I was willing, right? Like, yeah. And at that point, I had lost 130 pounds, um, or I was in the process of losing 130 pounds. So I hit my goal weight, I got divorced, and quit my job all in the same month of July 2010. Wow. Right before you and I met. Wow, because I've never seen you heavy. No, and nobody. And no. And I was talking to a girlfriend of mine this morning. I'm like, it's great when you're losing weight because people's like, oh, you're doing awesome. But once you hit it and you meet people that don't know you, like that's the where the hard work is, right? The maintain that. Right. So yeah, you've never seen me uh, other than pictures and things like that. But my picture is amazing, 130 pounds weight loss. But the internal job that I had, the internal journey that I went through to healing not, and still, it's a process. There's no like destination. But doing all that work where I stopped the abuse to him and I started recognizing what I was doing and taking ownership for that is really how I shifted how I look at men. Because then after that, the eight years after that, that I dated men, I dated some pretty amazing men. So how did you shift? I mean, what was that shift? I mean, we're talking about woman up and know your value. Yeah. Tell me... Tell me more about that process for you. Yeah, so it started before I, that's a really good question because it it started before my divorce is I started realizing, look, I am not okay with this abuse anymore. And it had to start with me stopping the abuse to him, period. So do you think that your abusive nature, which you didn't, mm-hmm. maybe really it wasn't as conscious mm-hmm. at back then, kind of drew somebody to you that was abusive? Oh, absolutely. So talk about value, right? Like I didn't value myself enough. And so I attracted somebody into my life that was going to put that like mirror right in my face. Like you're not valuable. Right. And so when, when it got physical in our relationship, I'd kept saying to him, you, you can't do this. This I mean, but, but I also would push him to the limit and then he'd pop and then I'd go, see, you're abusive. So you guys were in a cycle. Yes, we were in a cycle that I didn't, I knew we were in a cycle, but I didn't know what it was and I didn't know how to stop it until I got into recovery and got with the therapist and was able to dissect all of that because it was, it was very evident, you know, now also I realized during that process is as I started getting healthier, then the abuse got worse. And that's not, I always tell people when I coach people, I'm like, look, just beware, it's going to get it's going to get ugly. It gets worse before it gets it better. Gets ugly, because yeah. when you start stopping, when you stop being a part of that old system, everybody in the system tries to draw you back into it because it's comfortable. Well, that's all they know. Yeah, and that's all they know. So so when you start to change your patterns, be aware yeah. that the people who are close to you in your life are going to try and draw you back. That happened to me when I was married and I was mm-hmm. married to a psychotherapist and we yeah. both knew this consciously, but yeah. it still happened. Yeah. So we just got to be aware of that. Yeah. Being aware of it and really be conscious. I mean, I tell guys that now in dating situations, I'm like, look, probably the number one quality I, I suggest people look for is look for somebody who can take responsibility for their own actions, feelings, and emotions. Absolutely. Because guess what happens when they have a bad day? Whose responsibility is it to to lift them up? Yeah, we can support people, but they need to have their own coping mechanisms in a healthy way to to whether it's like for me, it's walking on the beach, 
right? Like in Hawaii, that's my self-care. Go swim with the turtles and go do my meditation or go talk to, to the banyan tree and go put my head against the thing and just take the energy in. So I, the more I understand me, the more I love me, the more I understand how to soothe me in a healthy way rather than turning to food and other things like that. The more you live your value. Yeah, I know who I am and I know what I stand is so, what we're talking about. Yeah, let's give a real big yeah. plug here for <laughs> self-care. Yes. This is part of womaning up. Is, Absolutely. Is take care of yourself. Because you matter. Yes, you do matter. Every one of us matters. It's so interesting because in our our belief system, we yeah. all are told from a child, I am a child of God. Mm-hmm. I think our life is he- we are here to learn what that really means. Yeah. And what it means to be that divine being. Yeah. And are we living from that? If not, then how do we woman up? Well, and you know, I actually think back on that. I think remember you did some sessions on me when I was going through. I mean, you may not have known my past and all that stuff, but do you remember we did some journey work? During that, you probably don't I've remember. I've forgotten that, Becky. <laughs> I came to your house. We had it all beautiful surroundings. And and you were part of that journey of mine of doing the healing work because it's so important. And we say healing. What is healing actually? It really is coming closer to the Savior. It's coming closer to our divinity. It's coming closer to who we really are and the value that we bring to the earth. Because, you know, my mom used to always say, Becky, you're so needy. But I realized going through my therapy, just because my needs are different than yours doesn't make me any more needy than you. Ah, we have to know that for ourselves. We have to understand that and Mm -hmm. be strong within ourselves, no matter what the voices are around us, which is hard, I think, particularly as women, because we're so other-oriented and we want so much there's this thing of being a good girl and wanting to please and yep. all of that and be be pretty that and happy and unhealthy nice. relationships. Yeah, that, <laughs> that can be a really a nasty road to go, although mm-hmm. there are many of us that still do it. But to know who we really are and to be strong in yeah. that and to stand up, especially in relationships yeah. for that, like you did, like you, you, it was your value. That mm-hmm. That's how you lived was based on your values, no matter what your first ex-husband did, you were going to be true to who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you've done that with this situation. This situation (laughs) now, which is Becky is hopefully at the very end of her second divorce. Yes. And what a valuable experience you've had here. It is painful. Oh my goodness. It has been, uh, you know, if there's, if there's anything that I've learned through this second marriage and divorce, I, I say I'm happily been married twice and happily divorced twice. Okay. Um, I know that that sounds kind of odd, but I'm kind of an odd girl. You know, I, I try to look at every single thing as a learning and growing experience. Um, I, I, I obviously had more value work to do because I ended up marrying somebody that um, right after we got married and it was within a year, just after over a year, he turned to me and said, I'm having a really hard time, Becky, seeing the value that you bring to my life. Oh, my goodness. And my response to him was, I am so glad that I've gotten far enough in my journey that I know the value that I bring to your life, and not just to your life, but to a lot of other people's lives. So it's not my responsibility to prove that to you. If you don't see it, you don't see it, and that's okay. That's womaning up. That's being in a place where 
I know who I am. And it doesn't mean I still don't have days that I doubt myself and that I, oh, gosh, did I do things right? And why did I do, why did I? But in general and overall, it really was the best thing he could have ever said to me because it made me go even deeper to who are you, Becky? Yeah. And what value do you bring to the world? And you matter. And it's okay to be you, and it's okay to express your voice, and it's okay to say this is because it doesn't mean by womaning up it's that you're demanding. It is it is an invitation. Yes, I love that. Yes, it's an invitation. <laughs> Women are an invitation. Oh. We are an invitation. When, when we're we in our live, feminine, yes. When we're in our feminine, we're in our power. We're strong in who we are. We know our value. Yes. We are an invitation. We're an invitation to everyone, but t- particularly to the men in our lives. Absolutely, and that's. And this is what I was telling Peggy before that we started, is that when we woman up, we stand firm in holy places. That's in our femininity. And a man, it invites the man. It doesn't mean that we're better or worse or any of that. It's not about a position. But we invite the man to the table for them to be the best men that they can possibly be and who they were here to be. And they need us to do that. that. And we need them to come to the table absolutely, in their strength and in their power. And then we support them. Yes. And then we support them. I love this. This is like one of my favorite topics. I know. Well, you know, and I remember many years ago when I was in between my two events, um, (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know what it, I don't this I'm so new I'm such a greenie um but anyway I had a guy sit next to me and he goes Becky do you know what a queen does in because I'm writing this book about love like well I have several books on relationship stuff but he goes do you know what a, the purpose of a queen is in chess do you know I don't I didn't know either I was because I was just telling him I'm like you know men are protectors and all that stuff and he goes the main purpose of a woman in the game, or the, the female, the, the female, I guess, queen in the chess game is to protect the man. And I was like, how do, how do, we, okay, I know men protect women, right? They protect us physically, they t- protect us, those kind of things. But how does a woman protect a man? And I think I back on my first, that. oh, this, question love 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 this wait okay, go on wait till go wait till I, this is what came to me later that day because i mean you you put you plant those kind of seeds and they start flourishing in my brain and i'm like okay what's the concept what's the i i always ask god okay what, what do i need to learn and the thing that came to me and this i i talked to a lot of men that i dated about it and they're like yes becky you got it and it, what it is is the men have a harder time becoming emotional and sharing their emotions with the woman so when they open up their vulnerability of they open up that part of their selves to us. It is our duty to protect their emotions. And that means that we don't, if they open it up about something like something that's really meaningful to them, we don't go talk to our girlfriends. We don't go talk to the world. We don't go put it on Facebook. You know, they don't feel safe. They want, they need to feel safe in that relationship to be able to open up, to share. So we as women are protectors of that part of the men. I love this. So, so And that's the part this. that we want men to share with us. But yes. we are responsible for creating the safe space. Exactly. And how do we create a safe space? We know who we are. Exactly. And we live true to our values. Oh, I can't Beautiful. tell you how many men I went out on dates with that they were crying in the restaurants. Because I made it, when I, when I dated, it was intentional that on, on the dates I would create do the best I could to create a safe space for them just to be open and I remember one of the guys I was dating I said to him I said no matter what you say 
no matter what you have said or what you will say, no matter what you have done or what you will do, it will not change the way that I feel about you. Wow. So that created that space for them to be whoever they are. And then if it works out, great. If it doesn't work out, that's okay too. It is. It is okay. And just a little side note on this is I feel like we all are have this opportunity as we're dating people mm-hmm. to be of service to one another, no matter how it turns out, yeah. that, that we're here to support one another. Hopefully, we're a part of each other's journeys. And we may not be, you know, the guy I'm sitting across yeah. from may not be the one I end up with forever. But for heaven's sakes, they're there in front of you right yeah, there. Oh. He, he's there in front of me right now. And I'm there with him. And there's a reason for it. Let's figure this out and be kind and loving and supportive and help each other become our best selves. Yeah. And that happens when we know who we are. So I have a great story about that. Good. Good. Tell this, us. this is one that I've actually told at Firesides because it was so it's just so good. But there was a guy I did. I used to do a lot of Internet dating. So I met this guy and um, I was in my pajamas all day. I remember it was a Saturday because I was working on writing my book, one of my dating books. And I just wanted to stay home. I was in my pajamas. He reached out to me and said, hey, Becky, there's a BYU football game. You know, would you like to go? I'd never met this guy. I didn't. I don't know anything about him. I'm like, you know what? I've been in bed all day. Let's go. Let's just go. And he goes, no, I'm running late, so I need to run home. to. I think he was in Saratoga Springs somewhere. I usually always uh, request that they come and pick me up. I'm not one that let, let's meet somewhere or whatever. I, I, I'm, a, I'm an old school girl, you know? Okay. Treat me like a lady. Yeah. You know, and, but he says, I'm running late. Can you meet me at my house? I need to take a quick shower. So he was finishing my job. So I did. I, I went over there, and he had just gotten out of the shower, and I was just kind of like, this is kind of weird. I saw him. <coughs> As most of you know, I, well, I'm 5'7", I'm so I'm a little taller, and I like my stilettos. I like heels and yeah. <laughs> all that stuff, and I come from a family of tall people. This, this particular uh, guy was quite short, kind of real skinny and scrawny. So I was like, oh, this is interesting, you know. And my first thought was just like, well, uh, okay. And then he had a work truck. And I remember when he was ready to go, he didn't go to even open my door. And I was like, what, you don't even open my door? Like, strike two, right? So I'm like in my head going, strike two. I'm not attracted to this guy. Strike two, he doesn't open the door. Then I go to open my own door and stuff's falling out of the truck because it's a work truck. I mean, there's hardly anywhere for me to sit. It's a disgusting you know what I mean? You know those kind of trucks? Oh, yeah, I do. And I'm just sitting there going, oh, my gosh. Then he gets in, and he had been divorced for three years, was telling me that there was only two girls that he had dated. He didn't know anything about my history, didn't, but he was talking a million miles an hour. Like, he was so nervous. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy, well, he just, like, didn't ask me anything about myself. And we, that is hard, guys. By the way, oh, that is really hard when yeah. when it's all about you and not no oh, questions for my, us. Oh, I, and anyway. I was sitting there fuming, and I I I have dated quite a bit, and I have never been that tempted to say, "Can you just turn around and take me home?" Yeah, wow. I was that close to tell him. And all of a sudden, God stopped me in my tracks. And by the way, one of the stories, before I go there, one of the stories he was telling me about the second girl that he dated was over 300 pounds and that she was fat and overweight. And I was going, okay, he has no idea who's sitting in his truck right now. Like, (laughs) you have no idea who your story. I mean, I was like, I was, please take me home, God. Please, please let this end. And all of a sudden, God said, Becky, it's not about you. And I was like, what? 
it's not about me. You know, Harry didn't open the door. The, the car's a, tr- a mess. I had to come come to him. He's not asking me anything about me. He's talking about some fat girl that he dated. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to be offensive using that word. But anyway, I just was not a happy camper. And I, and I asked the question back to God. I said, if it's not about me, it must be about him. So, okay, he took the effort to ask me out on a date. He's paying this money for us to go to this this game. I don't have to marry this guy. Right. I said, so what, do, what is the one thing that men want most and that they just thrive in is with a woman who is happy. I was not happy at that moment. Mm. And I was like, all right, Becky, time to shift. So I literally shifted my energy, my focus on what I didn't get. And I said, I'm going to focus on what I can give to him. So I was happy. I put a smile on my face, started asking him questions. He slowly stopped like talking so fast when I showed more interest in him because I was really kind of quiet. I was just sitting there going, in my. <laughs> so I was like, okay, God, let's, let's just try this on for size. So I totally took the attention off of me and put it onto him. And by the time we went, got down to Provo, uh, you know, he was, he was a lot happier and calm and he was talking slower and we sat at the game and I was just like into the game. Like, yeah, I'm just happy. Cause I was, now my focus was on being happy because I wanted him to feel good about being on a date with me. Right. That's wonderful. And, and then, you know, slowly during halfway through the date, he's like leaning up against me and his head's on my shoulder. And we left the play, the, the game with him holding my hand and everything. And I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> And we get home, he drops me off, I drive home, and he sends me a text going, Becky, that was the best date I've ever had. Oh my gosh, Now, what I learned from that was how many times in our relationships do we focus on what I'm not getting? Yeah. You know, what am I not, what is he not giving to me that I want? Now, does it mean that I have to marry him, that I have to go on another date with him? No. But I showed my respect, and I showed my you know, I honor him because as guys, it's very difficult. I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to be a guy because there's a lot of rejection out there. Yeah. There's a lot of mixed signals that us women give. Yes. Right? And they don't, they're having to navigate through that whole nonsense. And a lot of them just give up. But you know what? He took the effort to ask me out. He paid for it. And I was going to make it the best that I possibly could. And I learned from that so that it's not, Becky, just stop up with your own. Now, granted, do we, are there certain things in long-term? Yeah, of course, I'm going to woman up and this is what I want. But I needed to take advantage of that moment. Yes. Be in the present moment with him and learn what I, I learned. I walked away a better person. That's awesome. That is such a great story. And I think if we approached our dates, all of us, a little more like that, we might all have a little more positive experience dating and learn more about ourselves and yeah. the other person that's sitting in front of us. What am I supposed to us. learn from this yeah. person? What, yeah. what did they come into my life to teach me in this yeah. moment? Yeah, in this moment. I love yeah. it. So yeah. we're about out of time. Is there Are there any last words about woman up mm. and know your value? You know, I think I think it's clear, the more clear we get as women, and this applies to men too, not just women, right? Man up, you know? Right. <laughs> man man up and know who you are and what what is it that you want? If you don't know what you want, then how can you attract the person that's going to be able to support you in what you want? And you'll be able to express it not as a demand, but as a request. Yes. When you demand, it becomes very harsh and very masculine, like controlling, but this is who I am. Take it or leave it. 
right? Yes. I'm not, I'm not here to convince you of anything. I'm not here to force you into anything. And that's really what I had to do with, with both of these events, experiences in my life is I, I learned who I was and be excited about that journey and don't be afraid to, to stand in that power because when we, I call it dating naked, right? Like when we date naked, then we know what we're getting. We, and, and not only from your point, you'll say, look, this is who I am. You'll see if they rise to the occasion or they piss off, as they say in Ireland. I lived in Ireland for a year, <laughs> piss off or buzz off, you know, <laughs> they'll fall out of your life because they, they just won't feel comfortable in your, in your energy. And it's okay. And it's totally a hundred percent okay. And it's the way it should be because Absolutely. then you will bring to you the, the authentic, real one that's willing to stand by your side. That's where right. you stand. That's they right. will stand strong on their side. I love it. I love and it. And one last thing I always say to women is, is that if you want a man to find you, a woman's heart should always be loved. Wait, sorry. The woman's heart should be lost in Christ. Therefore, the man has to go to Christ to find her. Oh, I love it. <laughs> you know, so beautiful, Becky. It's been so great. Oh, Thank you so much. It. I feel like we could. Thank you. We, we have so much more to talk about. I just feel like this is I just know. the beginning. What a great, great service that you're giving to. I mean, this is a resource for people to to gain. We always gain when we share. I mean, it's it's service. We we gain from our experiences, and I always believe in giving forward. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Paying it forward. Thank you. Okay, you guys, thanks for listening today. And thank you, Becky, so very much. Until next time. Bye-bye. Aloha. (laughs) Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that it inspired you on your dating journey. Please share this with anyone you think might benefit from what you've heard today and subscribe to our channel. Check out our website at datetoyourpotential.com and take our free quiz to see if you are dating to your potential. We want you to know you are not alone. We support you. We are in this with you.